Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Manifestation Mastery on Blog Talk Radio. Life-changing manifestations with your host, Sterling Meyer. another episode of Manifestation Mastery. I want to thank you for joining me tonight. This is your show and it's a live show. So feel free to call in with your manifestation or law of attraction questions. And who am I? I'm Sterling Meyer. I'm a manifestation specialist for over 20 years and the owner of GetYourLifeNow.com. I work with major corporations such as Google, Lifetime Channel, Hyatt Hilton, and celebrity A-listers, as well as top social media influencers and individuals from all walks of life. So why listen to me? Well, because I'm here to extend solid information designed to enhance your experience of creating each of your unfolding moments that make up your life. Think about it. You're creating each second that passes in your life. So doesn't it behoove us to master this ongoing creative process? We cannot opt out of it. So it's the most important part of our lives. And here you're going to gain only that which is valuable in your life. Here you will get information that can and will greatly enhance your life and possibly change it for good forever there's a reason you're here there are no accidents so stick with me for the duration of the hour and reap the benefits manifestation mastery is weekly designed to offer you tonight's topic is age of Aquarius the next chapter of humanity most everyone knows the lyrics to the Fifth Dimension song, Aquarius. It was recorded in 1968, but it was released in March 1969. It's an illuminating song filled with lyrics foreshadowing where we are evolving to and what we are going to experience for the next 2,000 years as human beings, spiritual, energetic beings on this planet Earth. When the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, then peace will guide the planets and love will steer the stars. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius that we are embarking on. Harmony and understanding, sympathy and trust abounding. No more falsehoods or derisions. No ridicule or mockery. We've got golden living dreams of visions, mystic crystal revelation, and the mind's true liberation. Aquarius. You know, every 2,150 years approximately, we have a new astrological age. The much-anticipated age of Aquarius begins when the March equinox points the point moves out of the constellation Pisces and into the constellation Aquarius 
Call-in number 516-387-1582. We are opening the lines up for you callers to talk about manifesting, law of attraction, age of Aquarius, 516-387-1582. So, when will the age of Aquarius be? Well, we know it takes around 200 to 300 years to gradually transition from one age to another. And right now we are transitioning from the age of a Pisces to the age of Aquarius, which actually began about 50 years ago. You know, you think about it 50 years ago. I mean, we, we started talking about spaceships and modern technology and it was the, you know, it, it, it was the precursor. You know, we were giving insights about, like, where we were heading, where we're headed to. So before I start, I'm going to go ahead and just take this call because I'm going to dive into some serious stuff here. It's going to be really exciting. Let's see who we've got on the line. Hi. Who do we have? This is 780, area code. Hi, Sterling. It's Maxine. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, Maxine. How are you? Good. I just got on. I wasn't able to hear too much of what you said. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, we're talking about the age of Aquarius and what it means and to us today, to our recent past, where we're going with all of this, what we can expect. Did you have any specific questions for tonight's show? I don't think so. This is the only way I can listen to it. So, <laughs> Okay. Well, great. Did you want to just listen, or if you didn't have a question, you had to call in to, do, to listen to the show. That's great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Well, I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to continue on. Feel free to continue to listen. And, uh, yeah. All right. Sound good? You bet it does. All right, Maxine. Okay, thank you. All right, so we're going to go what we were talking about here. So, you know, when it comes to that question of when is the age of Aquarius, I think the discrepancies can be harmonized by thinking of this transition period as you would perceive a new day. So as the darkness of night begins to morph into light, some would say it's a new a day, right, or a new dawn. However, others may consider morning when the sun is completely risen, calling that the new day. So we are in the very early stages of a new day. Unlike a new day's dawn, which represents a short 24-hour period, this transition will cover 2,000 years. Hence, this is why the process is much, much longer, hundreds of years longer before that, quote, new day, end quote, new way of operating with the sun fully shining and that being here, you know, that new period having arrived. So we're in that dawning period. We are the transitions generation. I've been calling it such as it became apparent to me back in the early 90s when all the arrows were pointing to the that this was the 1990s were all about a wrap it up ending period. We've been pulling from the past since the 1960s, which is when the, 
the, the dawning, you know, that dawning period started happening as our way of paying homage to what has been, our way of resurrecting something that we're about to let go of forever. And it also reflects how as human beings we're deeply challenged by the process of letting go, especially forever. It's the nostalgic aspect of ourselves. Why we are like that? Well, we simply don't like to let go of the things that we love. However, when we expand our vision, our scope, we begin to see that actually letting go is part of evolution progress in our process. It's all part of life. To fill up our space with something so we can experience it. That's the reason we're here, to create and experience our creations as we are creators. And we can do no other, ever. So we have an experience we like or love, and we want to continue to repeat it over and over. We don't want to let it go, understandably. But this becomes an easier process when we widen our scope to a much bigger picture. We take the ego out of the equation, our human side, and we look instead from our spirit, that which is selfless, unlike the selfish ego, and we see that there's a greater good, an evolution, that which we are a temporary part of. We are contributors to evolution and growth and expansion. And that is what this planet is all about and what we are all about. I've struggled with letting things go. And I convinced myself that I have a point. I, I'm right when I say to myself, yeah, but if something works and it serves a purpose that I can see, then why should we eliminate it? Why should we let it go? I also know that that's me being short-sighted. That's me being narrow-minded because what, while I'm lovingly, yearningly, you know, yearning for something of the past, trying to keep it in existence in some form, I'm actually struggling with letting it go and allowing myself to just be with an empty space, a new clearing, a clear space to allow something new to take its place. I'm not only going against the grain of life, not the flow, but I'm also not giving myself an opportunity to discover something different, something that has a point, a purpose, that has merit for the greatest good. Oh, God, how we hold on to yesterday. However, if we consider widening our perceptions, this may very well help us to overcome the struggling, the strife, and the pain associated with letting go. I always encourage people to examine things, allow themselves to consider something, suspend whatever they may believe that would conflict with a new idea, a theory, or a possibility, and give them, them, themselves really an opportunity to make informed choices or decisions. So give yourself the trust and the respect to think for yourself, not what others tell you, just because they, whoever they are, said so. Just because they're formed an opinion doesn't mean you have to adopt them as well. This world's filled with intelligent and well-intentioned people who have radically different ideas. If you are listening to this show, you probably know by now that you, only you create your reality, your evidence, your experiences through your solitary creation. Even if you're influenced or, or you know, you have adopted someone else's ideas, that is still your creation. So you'll feel much more secure with yourself in your world if you choose to discover what you want to think and believe for yourself. Besides that, you may see something newly and beneficially, which is a credit to the quality of your life. I created this show, The Age of Aquarius, 
in an effort to shed light on a subject that, in my opinion, hasn't had the attention it deserves. It's also a topic that may very well provide answers to common current questions. This particular topic may also bring relief and clarity where there has been fear and suffering. Maybe these mad, crazy times we live in aren't so crazy and destructive as they may appear. What if this global breakdown is all for the greatest good, bringing a much-needed restructuring to this beautiful blue ball we call our home? Maybe to be living in such times is an incredible blessing, for we are witnessing the birth of a new chapter for this planet, for evolution and progress to take place, and much needed for what we've been through in the last 2,000 years. What are the odds to be part of a transition period when it only comes every 2,000 years? So in this episode, we'll be talking about the age of Aquarian and also the other ages that preceded this particular age and why they are essential for the growth and evolution of this wonderful world called Earth. And once we start to delve into the past ages, we will start to really understand how these changes are awe-inspiring, necessary, and exciting. Big picture thinking always does that as it promotes objectivity, and that provides a clear vision when emotions are set aside so as not to distort what there is to see. We are already witnessing the Aquarian influences, technological advances, science, and the Internet are the trademarks of Aquarius, and they are all already here. The age of Aquarius' ultimate goal is individual freedom and liberation. Having liberated ourselves from the collective karma of humanity during the age of Pisces, which is now coming to an end, we are gradually starting to transition into having more and more individual freedom. What can we expect from the age of Aquarius? Well, let's try to find the answers by looking at the previous ages. Before the age of Pisces, we had the age of Aries. And before that, the age of Taurus. We had the age of Gemini and so on. We only have historical records dating from the age of Leo. The age of Leo is 10,800 B.C. to 8,600 B.C. The age of Leo was thought to be the great golden age. This is when the ice age ended and the climate began to warm up. Warming up equals the sun, Leo. The cultures of the world during this time worshipped the sun, the ruler of Leo. Solar gods and deities were paid the highest respects during this age. Cat worship, lions in particular, also became prevalent. Age of Cancer, 8600 B.C. to 6500 B.C. The age of Cancer was the age of the Great Mother, the goddess worship, figurines of voluptuous mother goddesses from this period are found all over the world. This is when the matriarchal culture was at its peak. Humans started agriculture and farming, which allowed them to build homes and domesticate and settle down. Home and family are cancer symbols. Cancer is a water sign, and this age was brought in by the great floods, as depicted by multiple myths and stories. For example, the Noah's Ark, you know, age of a Gemini, 6500 B.C. to 4000 B.C. During this age, humans begin to develop their intellect as well as languages and written communication. So the age of, of Gemini is, is also when people begin to be, you know, they would move and trade both crafts and ideas between tribes and different cultures. 
the emergence of myths and stories about twins, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. You know, the Garden of Eden is an age of Gemini. Once Adam and Eve tasted the fruit from the tree of knowledge, they became aware that they were naked and there and thereafter they were just driven out of Eden. The story's message is that the greater awareness, the intellect, Gemini, comes choice and the consequence of those choices. That's the awareness that was developed during the age of Gemini. Before the age of Gemini, during that age of cancer, human consciousness was tribal but not individualistic. So it's only with the age of Gemini that humans began to perceive reality through duality, the separation of subject and object. This is when individual consciousness was born. Gemini, signs of twins. Age of Taurus, 4000 BC to 2000 BC, the age of Taurus was money and banking were invented. So I know some of you may not know astrology and that's okay. I think you could still follow because it's interesting. All of the the, the characteristics of these signs were, you know, were illuminated during those periods. And Taurus is all about, you know, monk, money, banking, uh, uh, real estate, homes, you know, tangible material objects. Money and wealth became like the key drivers for growth during this age. Humans improved farming, which led to the development of cities and that settled life. Even bull worship could be seen in many cultures during this time, as well as the worship of nature spirits and fertility goddesses. Then you have Age of Aries, 2000 BC to 0 AD. The general peacefulness seen in the Age of Taurus eventually came to an end. Because the age of Aries is when the Iron Age, with its weapons, warfare, and the great military cultures emerged. Mythology became hero-centered, depicting the hero warrior warrior uh, winning. You know their their way to glory. They're fighting it out, duking it out. So history from this age has left us the myths of heroes and warriors: Moses, Hercules, Spartacus. Alexander the Great, masculine gods challenged the established feminine goddesses and matriarchy, which were replaced by patriarchy. The age of Aquarius is also when mono, uh, monothelistic religions, you know, where one consciousness versus multiple gods were born. So one particularly important archetype of the age of Aries was Moses. Moses condemned the worship of the golden calf, a symbol for the bull, symbolically declaring the end of the age of Taurus and the beginning of the age of Aries. And moreover, you know, Moses also spoke about what comes once the energy of the ego is channeled through heroic actions. That process of individual uh, invitation, which eventually culminates with the death of ego. That was a prerequisite for finding the promised land, you know, a metaphor for the age of Pisces transcendence. So the age of Aries process of, um, was, was actually necessary. I mean, that whole process 
that whole age, it really was necessary in order for us to reach that new age of Pisces. This is how we humans developed this courage and ownership of our destiny. However, once the Aries me first energy was fully embedded in our consciousness, it was time for that contrasting energy, something vastly different, which came with the age of Pisces, the Lamb of God that was sacrificed at the birth of Jesus was a symbolic end of the age of Aries and the dawn of the new age of Pisces. The age of Pisces spanned from approximately zero to 2000. And after 2000 years of wars and military development, a different approach definitely was needed. And as the age of Pisces emerged, humanity came to understanding that the ego development from the age of Aries was not enough. And that the ego must be channeled through something greater. So that's when the age of Pisces introduced the concepts of surrender, compassion, kindness, charity, empathy, sacrifice. So that warrior hero ideal of the Aries age evolved into the transcendent ideal of the saint. The age of Pisces has been the age of great world religions. We we got... Judaism, Christianity, Islam, you know, uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, as with any astrological age, the animal symbolism is strikingly literal because the symbol of Christians is the fish. Jesus' disciples were fishermen. At the heart of Jesus and other religious or really the leaders and teachings of that time was the idea that we should love each other because we are all one. And because to hate someone meant to hate oneself. And Jesus initiated the age of Pisces with his sacrifice. It was through sacrifice that our sins were washed away. Pisces indeed is connected to the symbols of sins and karmic baggage. But also with the opportunity, the realization that it can be released and redeemed from these through sacrifice, surrendering. The symbol of Pisces is two fish that swim in different directions, yet they're tied together by an umbilical cord. This image is a symbol for the ego and the soul that have different agendas, yet they're part of the whole. That polarity, you know, the darkness and the lightness, the polarity. So this is really important because we're recognizing with the polarity a a wholeness there. The higher purpose of the age of Pisces is understanding that separation is just that, an illusion, and that we can become whole again. We can become complete within ourselves again when we reconcile that ego in the soul or the yin and the yang parts of our psyche and have them cooperating in peaceful harmony and balance, as with everything in the world. You know, that's where that... That's, that adage came from, you know, choosing the middle ground, you know, not going, living in extremes, but having both coexist together in peace and harmony and respect. This process of reconciliation, it may not be easy, but it's only when we find our inner unity that we'll be able to step into the age of, you guessed it, Aquarius with awareness. The age of Aquarius, 2000. 4,000. And as long as the ego is separate from the soul, we won't have freedom and progress. 
Aquarius's higher manifestation. But instead, we will have division, and we will continue to attempt to use machines and weapons and robots or the Internet to justify one side of the story, either the ego or the soul. And however, sooner or later, at the end of this cosmic battle that we're in right now, we're going to reconcile the yin and the yang. We'll eventually find a new renaissance or the triumph of Aquarius's highest values, which again is humanitarianism, humanitarianism and knowledge, reason, innovation, and people who work together, not in opposition, towards a greater goal. And as we're shifting from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius, we're going to learn that each individual is actually important individually, but also we're going to find that we can have a coming together. So, you know, that's, that's the beauty of it. So every single one of us is born for a reason and we're, we can all bring our own contributions to the development of society. Every single one of us can make that, this world, a better place. Now, Aquarius is actually the opposite sign from Leo. Leo is what makes us unique. Leo is the creator, the leader. Aquarius takes Leo's unique qualities to the next level, putting them into a higher context. Me is put into the use of we so that we can create something much greater than the sum of individual efforts. But, of course, to get to we, we need to acknowledge each person's unique qualities. You know, in Greek mythology, Aquarius is Prometheus, the Titan god. Okay, that's the one that stole fire from the gods and gave it to humans. But the fire is, of course, a symbol for the light of knowledge, but also quite literally, Aquarius is a symbol for electricity and other kinds of renewable energy. We have, of course, started to witness the influence of the age of Aquarius already since the late 18th century with the discovery of Uranus, Aquarius's modern ruler, which also coincided with the discovery of electricity. Okay. So again, we got to think about this transition period. You know, it, 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 there's, there's these early stages, such as when we discovered the electricity, right? But then it kind of ramps up. So, you know, it ramps up. So those last 50 years, we've really moved quick. And we're gonna we're gonna continue to accelerate, just like when you watch the sun rising. It just you know there's this light period for a while, or you know, and then you see it coming up, and it seems to raise you know once it's starting to come up, it starts to move pretty quickly. These Aquarian influences have since then intensified. Yeah, in those last fifty years. You know, because during this new age, we can expect new types of energies to be discovered. Other likely developments are artificial intelligence, space travel, connections with other forms of life, all of which has already come to the surface. Aquarius is the most global sign of the zodiac. It rules networks and communities based on a mutual vision. So in the next 2,000 years, there's no more place for top-down hierarchical cultures, extreme political doctrines. Aquarius is a democratic sign, the signs of top-down systems that have been dominated our society in the last 
or forever. It's just simply not going to work anymore because the age of Aquarius will come with a completely different operating system, something we haven't seen yet, at least not in the last 26,000 years. Humanity's next chapter is currently being written right before our very eyes. So seeing life for the forest and not the trees can really be an eye-opener, a game-changer. The creative process of the planet itself is amongst us, as it's always played an influential part in our lives, change is confronting. When we first come into the world, we embrace change. We instinctually understand how, until we start school, you know, we start to lose this flexibility we first came into the world with, and we learn to become inflexible to change pretty early on. And as the years progress, our inability to go with the flow and embrace change becomes more and more challenging. All is not lost, though. By raising our awareness, we are giving ourselves the opportunity to change direction, choose and think differently, giving ourselves that choice that we hadn't known was there or considered before. And that's what makes all the difference. So during this age, the focus is no longer on your identity and existence, to be or not to be, but on accepting yourself as a whole person, be to be. Who does not need to believe in something outside of yourself? You are already, you're, you are ready to accept that you have the knowledge and the wisdom within you. It's no longer necessary to attach to something outside of yourself, but to become a leader of one, yourself. Instead of being a railroad card that's pulled by an engine, you become your own engine. It's your responsibility to stay on the tracks, keep moving forward. And with this understanding, it's easier to comprehend what has been happening in the world over the last 50 years. And on the inner level, since the 1960s, there's been a huge movement. It's towards personal transformation, self-awareness, self-improvement, yoga, meditation, tai chi, alternate healing, natural foods, etc. And there's also been a major increase in depression, Suicide, anxiety, stress, and drug use, both pharmaceutical and recreational. In the outer world, we have seen amazing changes, civil rights, environmental consciousness, women's rights, gay rights, global consciousness, etc. And we have also seen the rise of fundamentalism, fundamentalism, I love saying big hairy words like that, but tourism and partisan politics, racism, you know, and just general fear-mongering. It has been all over the place, like a plague. The shift is bringing out the best and the worst in us. Some people are preparing for the shift by opening their hearts and their minds and embracing what is coming in this new age, and some people are intimidated by the changes that they don't understand. They want to return to a golden age in the past or to circle the wagons and trust only those who are like themselves. And transformation, look, it's never a painless process. When you fast or cleanse to purify your body, at first you feel worse because toxins are getting stirred up in order to be eliminated. And then once those poisons have been cleared, you know, you, you feel clear, you feel energized. So imagine that every person on planet Earth is going through this shift, Okay. We're heading into a time of radical change. It's a time of great potential growth and expansion, but it's also a time of great potential pain and suffering. 
So the more that you understand what's happening, the more that you can go through all of the changes without losing your balance, your stability. So what can you do to help make this transition into this new age of information and consciousness a much easier transition? I've got some suggestions for you. Number one, have a daily spiritual practice. Every spiritual tradition has one thing in common, a daily practice. You know, and everybody's different. You might have different ways of doing things, and that's okay. You know, there's many different roads to the same destination. Maybe you engage in yoga or meditation, chanting, prayer, contemplation, exercise, journalism. It's not important what you're doing, but that you do something really almost every day, if not every day, and do it with intention to let go of your blocks, focus your consciousness. Intention is everything. If you don't have an intention while you're doing something, you're not going to get the desirable results. So setting intentions about everything that you do is paramount. And this allows you to let go of those blocks and be free. A lot of people like kundalini yoga and meditation, and they think, you know, they believe those are the most incredible tools. You know, but everybody's got to find their own pathway and collect the tools for their own toolbox. Number two, don't give in to fear or despair or anger. There is so much happening that can trigger these emotions. You have the media, you have the environment, politics, terrorism, etc. So if you understand that these emotions are all symptoms of the Aquarian shift, then you can go through them without losing your center. This is just par for the course. We're stirring things up for the greater good. Number three, don't be a victim. You always have the power to change your life. Don't give that power away to anyone through blame or resentment. You are responsible for your happiness and your grace. Don't buy into a view of reality in which you are not 100% responsible for making your life work. See, the Aquarian Age is all about empowerment and consciousness. Claim your power Create responsibly each and every ongoing minute. Number four, be a source of light. Because you see, the more people who consciously choose to embrace the Aquarian shift, the easier this transformation will go for humanity. It's birthing pains. It's a spiritual truth that a small percentage of people who have shifted their consciousness can influence the rest of humanity. And if you're, if you're listening to this, then you're most likely one of these pioneers. So find a way to spread your light, teach, heal, create community networks, serve, you know, give something up that's no longer useful for anyone and love above all, love it all. Love the process. Love that bigger picture. You keep an eye on the bigger picture. You feel a sense of ease. 
an understanding of what's really going on. And I want to welcome all of you with those four tips for moving into this age of Aquarian. I want to welcome you to the age of Aquarian. Because as a manifestation coach, I help people redefine their relationship to change from fear to freedom, creativity, and excitement. And I do offer complimentary phone consultations, which you can arrange on the bottom of my homepage, getyourlifenow.com, or you can email me at info at getyourlifenow.com. And for those of you who don't know, my book was just released this year, The AOM System Manifestation Mastery in 30 Days, AOM an acronym for Art of Manifestation, and it's available for purchase on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. I mean, you can magic up a copy within, within two days, as we all know that magic of Amazon. And guess what? Woohoo! Next week, we have Dee Wallace on the show. The Dee Wallace for April 14th. Famed actress, TED Talk speaker, conscious creator, prolific author, worldwide motivational speaker, and medium. Yes, Dee Wallace will be here with us live answering your questions. I bet very few of you know that the star of Cujo and the mother in Spielberg's blockbuster E.T. has been a medium for many years, and she's amazing. So mark your calendar. This is a golden opportunity because this woman's busy and you don't want to miss it. Because we are entering into this age of Aquarius is all about the age of I know, I am. I know, I am. And really, really embracing your own ability to create, your own ability to acknowledge that you are as you say you are. I am fill in the blank. I know, I trust. That's what knowing means. You know, I trust. You're saying, I trust that this is. That's you actually exercising your creative abilities on a conscious level. You're always doing this. Everybody was always doing this. But on a conscious level, which is what makes all the difference. Because when you are consciously awakened, you have a choice where you didn't before. Asleep at the wheel at life, you don't have a choice. So this conscious awakening that's going on right now is something that we are all we are all affected by. We are all resonating with it. Some of them are a little sleepier and slower than others, and some of them are actively engaging, you know, on a 10 level on a daily basis with this knowing and being responsible for every little thing they're creating. But we're all connected. And we're all transitioning and we're all doing it at our different paces. So I say respect everybody. Respect where everybody is at their point, you know, of their journey. Because everybody's journey is a beautiful work of art. It's beautiful no matter what. And it's always perfect. And it's always great. And it's always in divine timing. So it's all good, in other words. Everything is great. And if you choose to awaken yourself and engage in these four tips for making this transition into the age of Aquarius less of a thunderstorm that it can appear to be, 
then the easier it's going to be for everybody, not just you, but everybody else. Because, again, we're all collectively one. We're all connected. So the more people make this process easier by awakening themselves and claiming their own power, trusting and knowing in the creative process, taking responsibility for it. And, of course, you will be hugely rewarded when you consciously create your life. You will get everything you desire. You will get everything that you truly, your heart and soul, truly desires. And there is nothing more satisfying than that. And all of that's at your fingertips. I'm here. Many leaders are here. Many people, many healers are out there that are, you know, awakening people with their talks, with their teachings. And, you know, it's out there. It's all accessible. And you can, you can, you know, different people, like different, you know, go listen to this person, go listen to that person, read this book or read that book, whatever, you know, just go for it. Open yourself up. And like I said earlier in the show, all it takes is being open-minded, open-hearted and trusting, trusting and listening and trying on ideas and trusting if it's going to resonate with you, then it's going to be okay. Because you have that inner knowledge. You were born with this inner intuition, this inner knowledge. It's a God-given, you know, all-creator source of information that's within you. This is why Mozart can play a symphony, you know, at four years of, of age. You have all the information within you. So when you read something and you don't go by fear, you don't allow fear to take over you, you will know what the truth is. And that truth will set you free and give you so much peace. So do subscribe, though, to the platform of your choice for this show, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Luminary, and Google Podcasts, and show your support by subscribing. I got a case of the tongue ties tonight. Sharing and commenting so we can continue to bring you illuminating content and extraordinary guests. I love receiving your feedback, your emails and messages, and I get them through the website, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And you can always find me and my social media outlets by visiting my website, getyourlifenow.com, and looking at the very top right-hand side of the page where all my social media icons are listed, you can connect with me there. I send you, each and every single one of you, so much love and so much gratitude for being here with me tonight and listening to this program. Again, I love your feedback, so be sure to share with me. So love, magic, and miracles to all of you. Good night and good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Manifestation Mastery on Blog Talk Radio. Life-changing manifestations with your host, Sterling Meyer.